Racing World is presented by Race Control Magazine. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Racing World, the podcast show that's just getting bigger and bigger all the time. Back outside, because while we can, we'll make the most of this weather, and there's plenty in store on the show today. But don't forget, you can find us on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, a whole range of things, Anchor FM. So don't forget, like and subscribe. It's really important to the future of this show, and we thank you very much for your patronage. And uh, we only our aim is just to make the show bigger and better every week for you. Well, it's a massive show on Racing World today. We review the V8 supercars from last weekend in Australia, look at the North Island Enduro and get the chance to catch up with my old mate John McIntyre. Then we move on to the US and it's the countdown to the Indy Grand Prix in the month of May. From there, me and Bob chat about Spain, Formula One, Hamilton, what will happen to Valtteri Bottas. And then from our archive section, once again, we go back to Pukekohe 2001. Without the bridge, it's New Zealand touring cars in a 44-car field. Well, first up in the show today, it's only fitting that we go Trans-Tasman, seeing as the Trans-Tasman bubbles open. And Bob, um, V8 supercar over the weekend, not bad, eh? No, it wasn't bad, actually. It was a, a Ford benefit in many ways, wasn't it? Because Ford traditionally went very well at uh, Tail and Bend, and they proved yet again they go very well at Tail and Bend. Isn't it strange how all the cars are pretty much the same? Not only in supercars, but in in Formula One, all sorts of things. And one car is particularly suited to a circuit where the other one isn't. I mean, after the display of Shane Van Gisbergen in the first couple of races this year, or first couple of events this year, you know, that was kind of... You'd think he was right on top of it all, and then suddenly you get to tail and bend, and yeah, he's, I mean, he's still there. He's still good. <laughs> he's improved his um, his championship lead, increased that, but but it just changes. Anyway, it was a, a pretty good weekend for the forwards, especially Andre Heimgartner. Great, I mean, eh? that was great. great. That well really deserved. Was. Really, really well Amazing. deserved. Been uh, a guest on our show, so now yeah. now we can get him back again. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. And I see this morning uh, that uh, Kelly Racing are getting quite keen on on um, re-signing him before <laughs> yeah. anybody else does. Uh, when you think that um, just not very long ago, we were we were talking with Andre and he said um, off air that he had plenty of options if he didn't do supercars anymore. He, he's got this financial career that he was working out. Now all of a sudden he's a wanted property in, in supercars and that's um, not that he has been unwanted, I don't mean to say that, but now all of a sudden people are chasing him to make sure they've got him. So apart from him, Di Pasquale and, and uh, Cam Waters, um, yeah, they, 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 they did well. They won races, and it's interesting what Shane Van Gisbergen had to say. That little quip, he always comes up with something, <laughs> doesn't he? You know, about, um, well, they're not talking about parody now, are they? It's straight after the race. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, well, I think it's very important for Andre to have finally got that race win. It's been a long time coming. But isn't it interesting, too, that suddenly, you know, not taking anything away from him, you have a race win, and now we're talking about, oh, he's hot property. You yeah, know, that's and what last I mean. week, yeah. without the race win, he was just Andre Heimgartner. Yeah, but it's the same in any category, and we'll talk more about Valtteri Bottas later. Same sort of thing, you know, you get a win, and the whole yeah. ball game changes. Yeah, but, I guess so. No, it, was a, it was a good event. I thought it was quite spectacular. Rain, obviously, is the. The great leveler but as we've said so many times same for everyone yeah yeah same for everyone ex exactly and uh, i i'm not sure that i'm in love with taylor bend as a track no, yet me neither. Mm. it's um it's kind of 
I, I'm not actually sure where it, where I am all the time watching it go around. Yeah. I think the drivers are about the same. You know, where you get all these, they follow the track and they quite easily know where it goes, but suddenly you see a big old piece of track over here and you, you're not entirely sure where it goes. You know, I, I, it just feels a bit yeah, confusing can, to me. That's you, can, you can get sort of disorientated yeah. quite quickly, can't you? One person who got used to it quite well, and go off supercars a little bit, yep. is um, Matthew Payne. Now, okay, he had three races. One was a, the first one was a, was not the best. I mean, I, I'm putting, not putting all the blame on him on that. That was just everybody going down into the corner, but he got a penalty and whatever, 10 points penalty. But then to come back and get on the podium, really good racing. And you've got to remember, this is his, um, only his second week in, in Porsche supercars yep. with Urbamba Motorsport. And that's his first racing in tin top cars following his first ever events in, in, in Formula cars <laughs> with the Toyota Racing Series in single-seater cars. I mean, the trajectory that he's on, well, it can't keep on going because <laughs> in a month's time, maybe winning a Formula One race is the trajectory keeps going. Well, that'll be cool. But nonetheless, I mean, he's, he's just superb performance. Superb yeah. performance from his point Great of view talent. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, yeah, I really enjoyed watching uh, watching his weekend and and um, the Earl Bamba Motorsport runs two other cars in uh, another category um, but Earl Bamba himself I think he was watching from Germany or something it's a great little team he's putting yeah. together there as it's, well uh, Porsche's generally. it's that life after racing for Earl Bamba and with a bit of Porsche support as well it's, yeah, uh, yeah. you know they're, they're loyal to someone who was loyal to them That's and right. it, it works isn't it yeah. it's that I mean, I'm, family uh, Porsche thing yeah. mm. I'm calling the whatever race that Matthew was in the supercar agent not the supercar is yeah, the super cup, what yeah. is it Australian oh, whatever it's yeah. called anyway and then Earl's uh, got two other cars in um, in racing over there in another championship and those guys are doing pretty well guy and girl are doing pretty well so yeah all in all i think it was um pretty good pretty interesting weekend where's, where's that leave us overall with supercar points wise i tell you what he left me is bloody tired because <laughs> i was watching formula one indycar i'm sorry um nascar and and um those electric cars? And bend <laughs> i did actually i did yeah, look I at it the highlights and, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, all weekend, so there was plenty going on. In the in the points um, for um, supercars, Shane has extended his points now. Mm -hmm. He's 190 ahead of Jamie Wincup. Uh, Shane's got 100, uh, 1,112 points. I've got to read them off because they're changing all the time. Yep. But from uh, so Jamie Wincup is 190 back in second. Moster 246 back. Davison 251 back and Cam Waters 264 back. So Shane's got a fairly hefty lead already, but we know you know it's 300 points for a weekend, yeah. overall generally, and um, so it's not much got to go wrong before that lead is chipped it away. Changes. But you get points as long as you finish, you get points, and that's what's um, kind of hurt Anton Di Pasquale at the moment because he got two DNFs, and that's uh, that really. Yeah, well, he came out you. with this bizarre comment: "Oh, my championship's done and dusted." Oh, yeah, give, and give it, it away. Like, no. Yeah, exactly. Give it away because yeah. um, hello, it's only May. And yeah. the championship goes to December, so yeah, yeah. No, know, he's got plenty of time. Mm. It's going to be a harder job, there's no yeah, doubt about, about it. But, but Stranger things happen. Yeah. There's a place called Bathurst, yeah. yeah. Well, that's right, yeah, yeah. You so, know. anyway, an enjoyable weekend, I suppose. I'd like, I'd just like to get back to another track. What have we got next? Uh, Winton, isn't it? Yeah, which is a average, it looks more than a, of a racetrack than what they're at. That's all, yeah. So, I hope so. Well, that wraps up V8 Supercar. 
Well, welcome back to Racing World. This time we're out on the road yet again. We're at the first round of the North Island Endurance Series. I've caught up with my old mate, John McIntyre, and my semi-old mate, Brock Timperley. Brock, you're back in the car for the one-hour Enduros. You got the old guy with you as well. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a first for me, um, racing, racing with the old boy, but no, it's... it's, it's the old thank you. <laughs> no, no, it's it's really exciting for us uh, to finally actually team up and drive the same car at the same track. So um, I'm excited to see what we've got in store tomorrow. Um, and it's a good learning experience for me as well. Actually, same car, same track, actually being able to relate the data to, to what Johnny can do in the car. So really good learning experience for me. A lot of history with this car though, eh? Yeah, there is. A, look, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I, I, I knew the chassis is our car, but I didn't realise it still had the original logbook with it. So that was that was really nice to see this morning when we did the documentation that uh, it's still got the all the old notes of when they used to tear their engine down every five seconds when we were in the NZV8s and things to, to right now. That was 2006, 2007. What's that? 14 years later, here we are again. No, it's brilliant. And uh, another quirky factor this weekend is not only you teamed up with Brock, but you're out there and uh, your dad's out there as well. I know. It's, it's just the coolest thing probably about the, the whole the whole deal is originally I, I got into this deal here because dad and I were going to run at Hampton Downs, right? So we are going to do that. And then I said to Brock, why don't you and I do the other two rounds, but my dad and I will do this because we wanted to do a race together. Well, Next minute, um, Dad is the, uh, gets a big call up to do the three-hour in the Porsche. He doesn't need me anymore. He doesn't want to run an old taxi. <laughs> so he's gone straight from his little escort straight into a 997. He's doing a bloody good job so far. And it's just really neat. You know, the guy's 72. He's supported me all of his career, done my tyres for umpteen years, been around the traps, been on the inside of the circuit. Now he's actually out there doing it. It's very cool. Uh, that's 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 kind of what it's all about really isn't it when we look back at when we were all young kids you know I remember my father supporting me when we were in karting and my one attempt at Formula Ford yep. um, but we wouldn't be there without those people in our lives will we? No that's right and it's all those shared experiences I mean Dad and I, uh, 1984, we were up there. We actually built a grandstand the day before the B&H and things like that, you know. So not only you know have I raced and he's raced, but uh, we're we're just passionate motorsport um, people. So it's this is the coolest thing. Now, just just touching on the fact that we're here, it's the opening round of the North Island Endurance Series. You and Brock are teamed up in, in the one-hour event. We do see this amazing pedigree of cars and drivers line up for these Enduros every year, don't we? Oh, look, it just seems to get stronger and stronger. I think it's a value you get from having quite a lot of track time and, you know, the one hour, is it's a good duration. And then, obviously, you've got the two and the three to, to progress to. But nothing, you know, nothing beats mileage. And, you know, you tell any young guy, and I know you're involved with the academy, any young guy or girl, um, you know, you need seat time. And it's so hard to get. So I think that's why it's so appealing for a major range of drivers is the endurance series gives you that seat time that you need and you know you're the best driver in the last lap of the last race of the series <laughs> not the first one <laughs> well you know like anything and, and even more so with the enduro it's all about finishing as well don't you? you you know win or lose it well you can lose an event in the first corner but you've got to go the whole hog don't you yeah look absolutely so i mean it, it brings the crew element into it and the preparation side of things as well so um you know i think i think they're just sort of yeah they've just seemed to have hit it right and uh good time of year when uh, I guess people rather than being at the beach or doing um, whatever they do in summertime and uh, winter and, and spring racing it um, suits a lot of people. Well, I know you've done a lot for Brock in his career and helping him out there must be an element of satisfaction as well you know being able to coach a young driver. 
Oh, look, definitely. And, um, you know, when you see someone with, with a lot of talent and, you know, they just need some a little bit of a few steps here and a bit of, you know, steering in the right direction. And, you know, he's come such a long way from the first time I ran him was uh, was here at Pukekohe, actually. So uh, and that was in 2018, I think, uh, in, the, in the NZV8s. And compared to that person that day to, to now, you know, he's just, uh, as, a, as a person and a driver, he, he's just so, you know, has improved so much. And so now we get a chance to go in the same car together. We haven't had a lot of time. It was the first time I hopped in the car today, uh, you know, in this current spec, obviously. Um, he drove it two years ago and did a fantastic job and actually won the one hour. So it was a real surprise. Uh, we pulled a pretty good strategy on the, on the driver change around. But, uh, yeah, so it's really neat to have him on board. And um, yeah, it's a real family affair here with his, with his dad helping out, Roy, and uh, a lot of people I know that are helping on the car. And, of course, Wayne Anderson, Jacko, as most people, most people know him as. I've normally raced against him, but now he, you know we're racing with him, and it's really cool. Well, it's a pleasure to see you. I think you've probably set the scene now that we're going to have to get out on the road and follow you for the next few North Island endurance events. Oh, well, yeah, thank you very much. I hope you've got the budget to cover me. That'd be great. Yeah, well, thank you also for the support that you've given Racing World as a show and as a concept. You know what it means to me personally. And for people, if you've got the chance, get out here and support John McIntyre and Brock Timberley. It's a great way to get in and, and follow someone that's truly Kiwi, truly passionate about the show. Thanks again, John. Thanks, mate. Always good to see you. Right, well, moving on to my one now, IndyCar. few announcements this morning, the unveiling of the pace car, nice new Chevy that it is. Very impressive, actually, mid-engine thing that they've come yeah, out with. Almost uh, looks like a concept car. Yeah, thing, wouldn't, I it? wouldn't mind winning the 500 just to claim the car, you know. So that... If, you, if you're only going to win the 500 just to get a car, you're a sad bugger because there's an awful lot more going on that. Um, so that was the first part of the news this morning. And the second part of the news, Tony Stewart's there to support AJ Foyt Racing, which I thought was quite interesting. Not in a driving role. I kind of don't really know what sort of role it is other than a, a namesake type role. But, um, you know, iconic figure there with another iconic figure. AJ's 60th year yeah. at, at Indianapolis, which is just amazing. The it race is. itself is only 20 Frank, days away now. Frankly amazing that AJ Foyt's still living, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. I mean, the, the number of operations he's had lately and the number of health problems and, you know, the size of the guy and his career, staggering career. Yeah. Yeah. And we lost, sadly, lost uh, Bobby Unser um, just over a week ago. Yes. So, yeah. you know, it was one of that iconic group that's yeah. sadly no longer with us. Mm. Um, quite a few other bits and pieces coming out of Indy just recently as well. The fact that we definitely got 36 cars, both Chevy and Honda have said 18 cars apiece. Uh, so the 18 engine leases are done. That gives us 36 for 33. So, so it'll be a bump so day. Three are going Pro home. Proper mm. bump day. Um, and we've got a, a few smaller teams that have kind of come out of left field that are that are there and fully entered and everything. So I think. Will there be a surprise? Yes, possibly. But, mm -hmm. you know, hard on those small teams to come straight up to speed. But then, again, same for everyone. Yep. Uh, but it, the, the pressure goes on to get onto that last row. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. It is. But before the Indy 500, we've still got the road course coming up. Yep, this weekend. This weekend coming, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Not so, a day. <laughs> no, there's no Formula 1, so that's no, right. There's no supercars. So, so it's, it's just Indy and NASCAR. Just, yeah. Okay. So you're, you're right. fine this that's week. That's better. Um, I think road course events always an interesting thing at, at Indy. You know, both Simon Pagano and Will Power have pretty much dominated the road course events since they began on the infield at Indy. Uh, whether that's a, a form guide to the 500 or not, 
personally, I don't think it is because no, it's such, a, so such a different yeah. setup. A different we've cars. seen we've seen some, uh, you know, win one, win the other, but I'm not going to kind no. of buy into no, that they're, one. They're different cars. I mean, once again, this weekend is going to be another. Um, first for Scott McLaughlin because yeah. he wouldn't have driven on that road course. No. Well, he might have been around it in a road car, I suppose, but I don't think they... Very limited opportunities. Any, yeah, there's not yeah. a lot because even even when, as people might know, even when the Indy 500 isn't working, most of that track is used for parking and trucks on it and all sorts of things. Yeah, out the back, and they've so. got to reconfigure the track yeah. for to be used in, in that fashion as yeah. well, so it doesn't happen all that Often, Maybe he's had really. a few sneaky games of golf there and you know, <laughs> yeah. see what the track's like from there. Well, yeah, and we've got the other two rookies back in the series this week because of it being a road course event. So both Roman Grosjean's back and Jimmy and Johnson, Jimmy Johnson yeah. are back who will yeah. step down for the 500 period. Yeah. Um, so it'd be good to see them back. Uh, I think really Scott goes in almost as the only rookie for the 500. So in theory, he'll come away with rookie of the year. Um, well, yeah, but, I suppose so. you know, the, I think the 500 is wide open. The interesting thing, I've, I've got some stats now. Uh, I did a bit of web surfing today, and Vegas has opened up the odds on uh, race winners for the 500. And our Kiwi boy uh, on the two major booking facilities that are out in Vegas uh, has the best odds at 5 to 1. Second is Joseph Newgarden at 7 to 1. And Pato Award varies between 8 to 1, 9 to 1. Uh, and then it gets fairly mixed up after so, that. So say that again. So they're giving Scott Dixon five to one. Yeah. What about Scott McLaughlin? Scott McLaughlin, one moment, hold on, I've got that here. Twenty to one on one of the sports That's books. That's not a bad bet. No, it's not too bad. Uh, both actually, both mm. sports books are saying twenty to one. So, you know, not bad odds. The longest odds are actually for someone like um, Simona De Silvestre. She's out to about three hundred to one, along with Charlie Kimball. Uh, J R Hildebrand's on two hundred to one and. Pedro Fittipaldi's on 200 to 1 as well. So wouldn't it be a bad you know, idea to um, put a buck in there? To get, well, to get <laughs> yeah. Scott McLaughlin for a place, yeah. I should think you'd... Yeah. So that's only on the it's Vegas the sports box. So let's make that very <laughs> clear right now. It's just <laughs> me doing some web surfing. So mm, um, that's all on. And of course, it's the chase for the baby Borgs or, and the big Borg. And uh, that was revealed to last year's winner just recently. And you know it's got to be the month of May when last season's Baby Borgs are awarded to the team owner and winning driver of the Indy 500 in 2020. And for Bobby Rahul, it was a real climb and very testing season for them in 2020. Especially after all the problems, you know, this year, this last year with the pandemic and everything, uh, you know, and how um, sad it was not to have our fans in the stands, but... To be able to go out and win the great race, and it still was a great race, uh, is very special. And then, of course, to, to, to receive the baby Borg, this is number three for me, very special. Um, we want more. <laughs> because it really is a reflection of the greatest race in the world. And uh, so I'm very pleased and uh, just can't thank Borg Warner enough for their, you know, for beginning this trophy in the first place, let alone continuing it all these years. So it's a pretty special moment. This year they, they updated the, uh, the the base, so different kind of a taste, and that's even better. And uh, super proud of the team, and particularly for the Sati boys, they did an amazing job. What a special moment, huh? It is always, um, like after winning 500, it's just a stop list, you know, it's just always something coming, and uh, obviously still to get unveilings coming, and the baby ball is the one thing, and this is a, this is a beautiful moment. Well, there you go. There's a baby ball given away and another one will be up for grabs in just under 20 days from now. So the 
105th running the Indy 500. Very, very close now. Anything's possible. Bob, moving on to last weekend, Barcelona. Mm. F1. Yeah. Yeah. There's a yeah, lot it's... to take away from that one. Well, there is really. The, the first thing to take away from it, it, it was a good race between two yeah, guys. It was. Yeah. That, that's the first thing. And tactically, it was a good race, and there was good racing going on all the way through. But that seems to be the case. But, but um, just, just look at the result for a second. Mm -hmm. um, Hamilton was first. He qualified first. Verstappen, second. Qualified second. <laughs> Bottas, third. Qualified third. Leclerc, um, fourth. And qualified fourth. And the rest, uh, the, other, the rest of the top ten were more or less in the top ten of qualifying. The problem with Barcelona is it's a wonderful track to race on, but yep. it's not a wonderful track to have a race. You know, because they know it so well. All the Formula One teams tested there incessantly in the, in the years past. Yeah. And then when testing came back, that was their place to test. This year they haven't been able to because it's been Bahrain and because of COVID. But they know the place backwards. And you can't overtake there. It's very difficult to overtake. So it, it's like saying, okay, boys, we, we, you know, we're going to race at Pukekohe. No, we're going to test at Pukekohe for four or five days running four or five and then on the sixth day we're gonna have a race and see who's first well it's going to be the same isn't it yeah. you, you know what i mean yeah. so i yeah uh, that's a bit of a shame but the saving grace was it was a good race between hamilton and um verstappen i'm looking i'm looking forward to seeing if they get 23 races in this year let's say they get another i don't know let's say we've just got 15 more races in the year yeah i'm looking this forward to see the first corner of each of those races because i think it's the first corner that verstappen and hamilton are elbows, have out. Both the elbows, elbows out and bumping and bashing one of these days one of them's going to think no i'm not giving way or yes i'm <laughs> not going to do this and it's going to happen so i'm looking forward to that enormously it's good to see that there is competition between at least two of the cars yeah. rather than Bottas he's just he yeah he's fast and he's fast on his own but he's just not quite there is he and Perez really has to get his finger out because Red Bull have a bit of a history of moving people on quite quickly and is he doing any better than Albon did last year no not I was going to bring that up with you actually because that's no. something that we talked about a lot last no. year and and Christian Horner came out with a, a comment um, again, in the last 48 hours, saying we need to get Perez yeah. up there as well. He's and it's been like, given the this message. Is, this is mirror image of, yeah. of Albon, mirror image of Gasly. So if you were Sergio, you'd kind of be going, oh. Yeah, he's been given the message, being given the message isn't yeah. it? Interesting. Also, they opened the radio a little bit and they got um, um, Toto Wolf telling <laughs> um, the race director what to do with blue flags, um, of which uh, Gunther Steiner, um, famous for his. Uh, yeah. Um, mainly four-letter words used in the drive, <laughs> drive to survive series. It's interesting that he's uh, he's come out and crit not criticised, but laughed at Toto Wolff, saying, "Oh, we know who's in charge of the formula now, don't we?" And all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, they're trying to make the racing better. They changed Turn Ten at Barcelona to make it better. It wasn't any better. No, it didn't so really prove a lot, did it? No. Really, at no. the end of the day. No. The um, so, sausage curbing there is quite tall, though. Like if you rode that, <clears> it presented you with a little yeah, bit of a problem. Strangely enough, didn't hear anything about track limits over the weekend. No, Nobody no. went off on track limits. Something must have been said, or the curbs are right, or or something like that. I don't mm. know because there was plenty of people going be off back. a little bit, but yeah, it'll be back. So the, the the race itself, yeah, good. We'll we'll do that, but. A uh, couple of other bits in Formula One. Red Bull are still hunting Mercedes engine people like crazy. Yeah, they that's really been are. quite I mean, vocal, hasn't well, it? Well, they've got five or six, and I think I've been told that they've probably got 12 at the moment. 
but they're not releasing the names of the other ones. Toto Wolf says they've got they've approached a hundred with lotto figure um, <laughs> numbers. Oh, okay, fine. Um, and also this um, on Sunday, I heard this morning, there's due to be some big announcement from McLaren, uh, McLaren Formula One team. Now, what that announcement is, I don't know. I've got no idea. Um, but it's being rumoured quite heavily that there is some big announcement and it's a good thing. Apparently they've already had the press at McLaren factory um, for a press release but yep. then it's all embargoed. I don't know what it is. I'm not, I've got no idea. I, I haven't got a clue. It's not that big that you should... Um, it's Jesus not that big for a days on end. <laughs> but if you... I don't know. Are they going to build their own engine? No. Why would they do that when no. they've got Mercedes engines? Although it's possible. Have they got a big huge new title sponsor? Maybe. They got. I, I have no idea. Are they going to go into sports car racing? Possibly. Yeah. No idea. But it's interesting that there's a there's a big well, announcement. Well, anyway. we're about to report about we'll that see. next week, won't yeah, we? Yeah, hopefully so. Um, just going back to Beltry for a, a minute. Um, obviously, we talked about you know Christian maybe giving Sergio the first warning, if you like. Yep. There's been a lot of talk in the last few days too about. Will Veltri get replaced this season by George Russell? Will it happen mid-season? Will it happen at the end of the year? Veltri's come out saying, no, we don't do that sort of thing in this team, which was a direct dig at how Red Bull yeah. potentially yeah. treated its drivers. Yeah. What, what does Veltri have to do? He's there as the number two driver. Clearly, he is the number two driver. Uh, not denying anything, he brings the car home the majority of the time. Is but, he not doing his job? No, he's not really. He's not doing the job that you would require of him, and that would be to get in front of Max Verstappen. But clearly, the Hamilton and Verstappen mental talent pool driving those cars is greater than Valtteri Bottas. Now, it was interesting that um, when Hamilton was approaching Bottas to overtake him so he could get back behind um, Verstappen after um, Hamilton's late, last late pit stop, 20, and he was 22 seconds behind, there was no way that Valtteri Bottas was actually going to give him the position. Hamilton had to overtake him, which Hamilton said, I've got no problem yeah, with. Yeah. But is that a sign of um, Valtteri? He said afterwards that, you know, I've got my own race to run. This is my race, etc., etc. But is that a sign, perhaps, that he's already been told that um, yeah, next year yeah, yeah. Uh, you may not be here? Yeah. So he's thinking, I've got my own race to run now. I've got to, I've got to showcase myself to other people, and this is how I'm going to do it. I don't know. But what he's got to do is, especially if Perez comes up to speed and starts getting him mixed up in the front, front yeah, two, the then Terry has to get in there as well and slow down Perez or at least hold him back and all that sort of stuff. Because the, the, the basic role in life, whether they like it or not, for both Valtteri and for Sergio is look after the number one. Mm. Yep. In many ways, that's what they're there for. Yeah. And, sure. and earn the Constructors' Championship as well. Because yep. for the teams, Constructors' is you know, equally as important as it is for a driver to win oh, the drivers' for championship. For the team, it's more it's important. money. Yeah, mm. much more important. You know, in money terms, yeah. And uh, more good drives over the weekend, though. We had um, Lando Norris it was um, it was shaded a bit by Danny Ricciardo. Yeah, for the first time. Hopefully, Ricciardo for the first time. Yeah, and hopefully, Ricciardo has now got himself comfortable with that car and got himself into it, so that we've got two McLarens up there. Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. I've, once again, Carlos Sainz. Um, strategy wasn't the best but Charles Leclerc did a really good race 
Um, young Ocon is still beating Alonso. Yeah, and Alonso came out with a comment about that this morning too, saying, I could not match him. Yeah, well, that's so a big, big statement. That's, that's a big a statement from Fernando. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think also what we're seeing there, and we'll go down the rest of the field in a minute, but we're starting to see this next generation, just like we're seeing in IndyCar, yeah. rise to the top and the older generation, unfortunately, yeah. you know, it's good, they're on it? the way out. It, it's you know? good. It's uh, passing the torch at some... I mean, this happens every year, new drivers come in, but lots of them don't make it. But I think we've now got some in there that are making it. That the old team almost it. look quite reasonable too, you know, for yeah. a midfield car. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, it did. It looks good though, doesn't it? Yeah. The paintwork on it is really good. Um, but I reckon that, yeah, the Alpine, yeah. I, I know the engineer that's been brought in there to, um, at the beginning of the season to try and help sort it out. And we've got a lot of faith in him, and he's uh, he's a really good guy. Vettel seemed to still struggle on the Vettel versus Stroll battle, which you know we've talked about that before. Kind of a little bit sad to see Sebastian put in that position. I don't know whether it's still coming to terms with the car or not. Bearing in mind that we've got this uh, supposed car freeze over last year, you know, and they're suffering a little bit like everyone thought Mercedes would, but Mercedes clearly played their hand uh, at Barcelona, and they're not as as we've yeah, kind of been well, led to believe. I mean, the, the the team, the Aston Martin team, did that car was actually pretty good last year. Yeah. So they're out now complaining, they've been complaining that the change in regulations has affected the balance of that car um, because it's high rake, low rake and all that sort of stuff. Now Vettel, is it, a, is it something that Vettel's downward... Trajectory? Trajectory, I was <laughs> going to say, yeah, I suppose so. Trajectory is coinciding with the fact that Aston Martin aren't particularly good. So one is bringing the other down. Vettel perhaps expected a better car and expected a better way of doing things. Perhaps they expected Vettel to make a better job of what he had because he's experienced in, in different cars. Not many, you've got to say, but in different cars. Mm. So it is a, uh, yeah, I, I think that combination is not doing very well. And Lawrence Stroll, probably wanted Vettel in there, not only for the name, but to help out his son Lance. Yeah. Now Lance is showing, uh, the kid's got talent, there's no doubt about it. it, and he shows it now and again, but he also gets a bit dodgy now and again. I think it's the car that's holding them both back, and I think Vettel will gradually feel, um, what's the word, he will feel that he's got no confidence in the car and he will go slower. I, I hope not, it would be sad to see a yeah. world champion. Um, Yuki Tsunoda sort of struggled a little bit too. There was some interesting radio right. traffic on that. But again, this is this is reality. It was kind of when I saw those things, it was like, well, welcome to Formula One. Yeah, it's interesting that Pierre Gasly is giving him some advice. Mm. Um, learn what you say and what you're going to say, what you're not going to say. The politics. It, well, it dropped Pierre Gasly in it effectively. I mean, he mm. did come up with the goods as far as Red Bull were concerned, but he used to. Um, he wasn't the easiest guy for Red Bull to have in a Red Bull frontline car. Um, and he paid the penalty. He was demoted. So yeah, it's, it's a bit of shame. Alfa Torre looks good at times. It definitely looks good. Absolutely. You know. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, no doubt. Because it is a. Um, it should a, be a good car. A version two Red Bull. Sort of. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, there were other there were other good um, good drives from lots of people. George Russell had a good drive, but it's so difficult to to tell. Mazepin didn't cover himself in no. glory again at the back. Uh, Mick Schumacher, um, he's, he's getting to learn the craft in the car. 
uh, Latifi, well, I don't know about him. No. I don't think he's ever going to be any better than him. But again, is. you've got financial involvement from his father oh, and the yeah, Williams huge, team. So, huge. Um, mentioning Williams, they come up for, I've got it here, it's their 750th Grand Prix at the next Grand Prix. Yeah. Which kind of sad that the, the Williams family themselves are, are not there anymore, which yeah. we've talked about. But 750 Grand Prix under the name of Williams Grand Prix, that's yeah. pretty amazing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I kind of treat it as a bit of a falsehood now because. It's like calling, you know, saying Mercedes have had 500 Grand Prix because it used to be Braun and it used to be yeah. all sorts of things yeah. years ago. Yes, it is still the Williams team, but it's not the Williams it's, team. No, because there's, there's no frame to me. No clear. It's, mm. it's now, it could be called the Schickelheimer team. I don't <laughs> care. It's a different team to the Williams team yeah. that I knew all my career. Um, so, yeah. Well, a completely different management process yeah, now and everything. Yeah, and that's yeah, what's right. Well, it's like Alpine was. Renault. Renault and Benetton and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. Okay, that, that's good. Um, but all in all, you know, there's potentially maybe 19, 20 Grand Prix to go, so that season is well and truly open. Yeah, yeah it um, is, if they get all those Grand Prix in. And yeah. Under current circumstances with the COVID and internationally, I think it would be a very difficult call to say they're going to do that. Mm. We've already seen Canada drop off, which is a shame. Fantastic Grand Prix, that is. And Turkey take its place, so I think there's still a lot more shuffling to go. Yeah, on. places like Singapore and Japan definitely would be. Australia, the, yeah, Australia. they'll be on the the risk list. So yeah. we'll wait and see how that develops, and whether there's ones that substitute it, yep. or we get double headers like we had at, at Red Bull Ring last year. As well. Yeah, yeah, could even yeah. could even do that. Um, yeah, logistics yeah. behind it become massive. It should be getting easier because yeah. COVID apparently is getting easier depending <laughs> on where you go. But then you look at like Nepal and India and places like that and it's just it's it's a disaster we're going to be living with in sport in life in business for an awful long time oh as you well know I had my first COVID shot this week so I've had number one yeah I haven't had thank one. you Mr Pfizer I've got number two to go it's not too bad she's a little bit tender still three days in but other than that we're okay but what I'll, does it mean at the end of the day I'll give I an, don't know but I'll give an overrider there that's not because you're infirm and over 65 it's <laughs> no. because you may be going to the Olympic Games yes well it's a TV a big question situation. mark over those yeah. as well And more from our archive section now. Back in 2001, it was the very first V8 supercar event at Pukekohe. And of course, it was also the emergence of the two-litre touring car and the V8 touring car in New Zealand spec. 44 cars lined up for the first race. This is how it shaped up. Um, we've a perfect tracky day, I believe. It's dry, it's clean, there's more rubber getting on it as the lap getting pulled off, you know, as we head toward a uh, yeah, supercars deal. But uh, here's our, um, Ashley Stitchbury in the floor. Welcome, Barry Tomlinson, and this is a very, very quick little Toyota. Overall, it's actually qualified in 13th position, but we're going V8 2 litre, V8 2 litre. Andy Booth, what a great welcome back it is to man. First time at, uh, in touring cars. I mean, the last time he was here, he had a very spectacular win in the New Zealand Grand Prix, Phil, and I think the thousand fans will remember that. Hello, Breckers, Explore. Fortune and Andrew Anderson, that's a man that we should be keeping our eyes. Kevin Bell, the second of the third of the uh, two litre cars. Bruce Robin, here's an underestimated driver, and of course, the Oakland winner John McIntyre running out the outside of row four. McIntyre battling a wee bit because they had a terrible practice session. He got a little bit out of shape coming over the top of the Ford Man and put the, uh, the little Nissan into the Armco quite hard indeed. The Team Kiwi boys, well, no stranger to um, repairing cars after being banged up, and they got it back together and uh, back in shape. And he will, as I said, join on row number four. All lights off on the pit on the uh, safety car. In fact, it's gone, so they're going to go this time round. 16 laps, two litres on the right-hand side of your screen. This beautiful silver new Altiza of uh, Barry. 
Tomlinson. Right alongside him, Ashley Stitchbury, the current Trans Am champion in the Maguire's Falcon, the V8 Tourer. New Zealand's coming class, you'd have to say. 24 V8s here, 19 two-litres uh, faced the uh, scrutineers a couple of days ago. We've lost a couple since then, but we have got full fields. And expect fireworks at the first turn for the first time round. The Toyota, the silver Toyota New Zealand back cars of Phil Hallenbrakers and Barry Tomlinson on the right of your screen. On the left, it's the Falcon, and right in behind him, the man Brian was talking about. That is Andy Booth having his first drive in a tin top. So, the, uh, well, the slow start, I think Brian's going to play into the hands of the V8s. They've got a lot more low-down torque. Look at Kevin Bell coming up on the outside from about row number four. So away they go, and first into uh, the Boost S as it will be the Maguire's Falcon of Stitchbury. Right in behind him, it looks like it's the Commodore of Booth, and then it is another Commodore, and that's Andrew Anderson. So V8s to the four early on, but look at the way these cars funnel down these S's. This is where everyone was predicting there would be problems. Looks like everyone's gone through safely. Well, no question about that. 16 laps here at Pukekohe and Ashley Stitchbury, the current national Trans Am champion, getting a tremendous run out there in the Maguire's Falcon, run under the Mark Pitch Motorsport banner. And here's Robbie Booth getting pressure put on him by the, the second of the Anderson Racing Commodores. And this is... Um, Andrew Anderson up in third position. That's the Zantac car of uh, of Andy Booth. There's Bruce Robb from Palmerston North in the Ford Falcon. And uh, Barry Thomason gets shuffled back a couple there in the Toyota, but still being the first of the Toyotas as they come round over the top of the Ford Mountain to complete lap one of 16. We can see for those fantastic one-sport shots just how bumpy it is here at Pukekohe. And Ashley Stitchbury finding that as he puts a couple of wheels on the grass. So Stitchbury trying 100% at the moment. In second, it's a Commodore freight train. It is the Anderson cars, the Zantac car of Andy Booth. And the car behind that, the sister car to the Zantac car, that is the Valvoline Cummins car of Andrew Anderson. Well, Kevin Bell sitting back there on the BNT BMW. He's the second of the two-litre cars. Got a very, very good start, but he's being hounded by V8s, V8s, and more V8s. And there's another one of the Team Kiwi cars going round there. That's John McIntyre. He's having a day from hell, and boy, I hope that everybody's wide awake as they come out of the Boost Mobile efforts. But it's, uh, it's got a problem whether he's having trouble snatching some gears to get that car mobile again. But it's been pretty much a, uh, a bittersweet weekend for Team Kiwi Racing. Well, it really has. They, as I said, the, their uh, weekend got off to a bad start with Johnny Mack and uh, one of the Nissan Primeras. And then, of course, uh, Angus Fogg had some moments coming over the top of the mountain in the supercar. But that's all behind them as uh, we watch this... Uh, well, V8 benefit at the front of this one at the moment. Ashley Stitchbury's disappeared. So it's now the Zantac car in second. It's the Andersons in third, and it's Bruce Robb in fourth. Here we are on the One Sport replay. Have a look at this. You're watching for the Team Kiwi car, the black Team Kiwi car. There it is, and it got a tap. i got to say, I think it got a tap in there from um, the uh, the John Deere-sponsored car of Miles Pope. Reese McKayat is, in fact, at the wheel of the number two today. So they've swapped cars from what we've got here on the entry list. There we are. A good sort of a spin there for Reese. There is the man that Brian Lawrence talks about. This is Ashley Stitchbury. And look at the challenge here coming from Andrew Anderson on their sister car. Both Bruce and Wayne Anderson run the Pine Pack uh, timber business up in Fanuapai. They built these cars in their own workshop. The car that Anderson drives, the number 34, the Valvoline car, is a season old. The Zantac car of Andy Booth is brand spanking new. Well, they certainly get some fast cars out of that Anderson Racing Workshop, don't they? They've got Mustangs and Camaros and Commodores, and, and they all are very, very quick. And Andrew Anderson had some very, very cruel luck down at the LK500 at Ruapuna with just a few laps to go, the engine let go, and he and his dad had put in a tremendous performance during the 500Ks. But as uh, as Murray Walker says, you know, anything can happen in motor racing, and it normally does. It's another Murrayism. But uh, a great run there. Car number 75 further back down the field, and there, if we can get a glimpse of it, that's Dean Perkins in the road and track 
performance falcon this is the debut for both dean into the v8 uh, touring car category and for the brand new car that was built here at pukekohe and this class field just seems to be growing and growing and growing it's not only every year it's every meeting it really is, Brian. It's, um, it's captured the imagination of the public. They want to see it. There's lots and lots of cars being built. It's all its early uh, times in the New Zealand season, of course, with the CRC summer season coming up very uh, well in the next couple of months, in fact. Well, welcome back to Pukekohe Park Raceway for the uh, the big V8 Supercar Weekend. Now, while you've been away, there's been all sorts of action, but it's still this man, number 72, Ashley Stitchbury, in the Maguire's Falcon that leads this race. But there has been some problems, and there's one of them there, and uh, that is Les Brown in the Great North Road Imports car. And also coming into the pits is Kevin Williams in the 25, so uh, there has been some problems. Let's have a look at it on the replay. Watching the yellow car, that's Les Brown. Just getting it a little bit offline coming out of the boost S's and oh he gets the big help from uh, the strap X car and that is the result so Les Brown out of this here it is from a different angle watch the yellow car and watch the Commodore behind it he tried so hard to miss him too that's uh, that's going to sideline that car for the race no question about that Welcome back to Pukekohe Park Raceway. You've come at the opportune time because we've just gone green with a fairly lengthy safety car period, but it is still this man, 72, Ashley Stitchbury, in the front, the Maguire's Falcon, doing the job. In second place, it's Andy Booth in the Zantac Commodore, and in third place, it's the sister car to the Zantac car that is Andrew Anderson in the Valvoline Cummins car. Really, BL, Ashley's had this on a string the whole way. Well, he has. He's a very seasoned racer, and he's a very cunning racer as well. And uh, I think what we saw in the... Uh, when the lights went out on the safety car and they got the green as we saw cars in second third and fourth position were kept napping i mean when you have a rolling start um you know the idea is to stay almost within reason it's right on the back bumper of these guys but when the lights on the safety car out everybody was sort of looking around thinking well where are we going to go now and you look at the gap now i mean andrew booth had a perfect opportunity to be right on the back of that falcon and give stitch a bit of pressure and, and you know keep him under pressure in the closing stages of the race but however that's the way it is but stitch free showing all his experience that has taken him to a Formula Ford Championship, a Trans Am Championship. He's worked very, very hard at his career. Still working, um, badgering away at it to try and get a, a Konica drive in Australia next season. But uh, this is doing his career no harm whatsoever in the uh, the Maguire's Tracer Ford Falcon, which uh, I think about probably two and a half, three months ago was an 80,000k rental car. He really has been busy, his, uh, his wife and his to a little baby boy not so long ago. He's been to Bathurst, as you said, BL. He's been racing the Trans Am and to building the Trans Am, I should say, and also racing this Falcon and building the Falcon. It's been a real process for the Mark Pedge team to get this car up and going. They had a lot of disappointments at the uh, recently completed LK500, but uh, they are making amends for it here. Further back through the field, car number 14. Have a look for it. This is Barry Tomlinson. He is currently the leading two-litre car in the brand-new Alteza currently in 10th place so he's a great job in a brand new car the uh, Toyota Altessa it runs a, a similar sort of a Hollinger gearbox a straight cut gearbox the rules have been relaxed a little bit in schedule s to um, allow this car to be more than competitive he's currently about 15 seconds behind Ashley Stitchby but when you take into consideration the start positions and various other things that is a great race for uh, Barry Tomlinson his uh, sister car Phil Hallebrake is ex-Formula Ford champion just a couple of spots in behind him well no question 
question the pressures off Stitchbury now as the race unwinds, but uh, the, uh, probably about three or four laps to go, but the car absolutely in superb condition. I mean, it, it didn't finish, unfortunately, the 500k race, but uh, as you say, the team, quite rightfully so, have been absolutely flat strapped. Um, the power board's made a fortune out of them with the midnight oil burning away there up in Petra's workshop. Um, and Andy Booth, I think that uh, he's just sitting there in second position. The pressure is off Stitchbury. I don't think Andy Booth's going to catch Stitchbury. Um, I think his second position is uh, pretty safe. Uh, Andrew Anderson is in third position there. Bruce Robb here in the Falcon. There's Dean Perkins coming there in the... Um the road and track performance falcon and he'll be reasonably happy with this performance first time out in the car they haven't done any testing but a big charge coming down through the field is the motor up car that's the uh, the car of paul manuel a lot of development gone into that and certainly impeccably presented but i'm very impressed with that, that toyota of uh, barry tomlinson and phil hellebrecht as they've done a great job with those cars so um as we say with the race winding down we're keeping an eye out for the white flag as the field settles down but there's stitchbury well and truly in um in, in control of this event there's the uh, the coke and commodore of jody vincent from the waikato another door needed for that car before we get underway tomorrow i would think but uh, phil i think that uh, the speed variations between these cars here today it's um, it's a lot isn't it oh it is it was always going to be though brian i guess with the when you've got the v8s and the two liters there is a, a, quite a disparity between the two. Nasty Stitchby showing that, just already starting to pick his way through the lap traffic as we wind down to the business. And in fact, there is the checkered flag. So Stitchby takes the win, absolutely uncontested. There, a great drive from Ashley. In second place, it'll be Andrew Booth. And in third place, it should be Andrew Anderson. Perspective Group is a leading media production company based in Auckland, New Zealand. Established in 2009 by former TVNZ producer David Turner, Perspective Group offers you a vast arrangement of media options to fit any size or budget. It covers truly global services supported by some of New Zealand's leading media talents. For more information, contact Perspective Group Limited at perspectivegroupltd at gmail.com and check out the website perspectivegroupltd.com where you'll find even more information on creating your media solutions. Racing World is presented by Race Control Magazine.